Hi, and welcome to the Screen Safe podcast. I'm Anna, and this is a podcast for anyone who cares about keeping children and teens safer online. We're going to talk about absolutely everything. So whatever age and stage your child is at, there'll be something here for you. Let's get going. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for being here. This week, I want to talk about something that has been gaining popularity quickly and it's snuck up on us all quite unexpectedly. And again, is something that many parents wouldn't be interacting with themselves. So is one of those that can easily fall under the radar and parents aren't even aware that this has become an option or is, is even happening. And that is Snapchat's new My AI bot friend. Now, if you have a child who is on Snapchat or you yourself use it, they will have had this new feature rollout. And we all know, we've all heard about artificial intelligence. It's everywhere. There's all sorts of pros and cons and all sorts of discussions going on about it at the moment in terms of how much is too much, is it good, is it bad, what the positives and negatives about it. And it is in its own right a huge topic and one that I'm going to be doing a separate podcast on in the future because, of course, it is having a huge impact, not just in the business world, but also in schools and how children are engaging with it and particularly teenagers when it comes to schoolwork and research and all, all sorts of things to think about and discuss. So yes, that is another thing we need to be aware of and understand. But for now, I'm going to just focus today on the Snapchat version. Now, a lot of families struggle with Snapchat anyway. It is not an app for young children. And again, there, w- there will be a separate episode coming out on this purely about Snapchat because there is a lot to talk about but I'm going to give you a high level overview now of Snapchat in case it's not something you are familiar with. You may be someone that has never used it yourself, but your child has it, but you don't necessarily know what it's all about. And one of the main draws and attractions of Snapchat to young people is it has this disappearing messages function. That's that's its big plus point. So you send a message, once that message has been read and opened, that's all you can see. You can just see this open sign in the messages. Likewise, you can't see the message that has been sent either, unless they are screenshotted and saved, which I would highly recommend talking to your child about doing if they use this app. And if anything ever happens to them that they're not comfortable with, take that screenshot. Um, There are loads and loads of different filters on Snapchat. And again, that's another really big attraction with children and young people all sorts of silly things. You can go from looking like a a cute puppy to a piece of talking broccoli. You can age yourself and look, see what you'd look like when you're 96. And you can see what you would look like when you were a baby. So there's that comedy value. There's that, that sort of harmless fun feel to it, which is what draws a lot of the younger children in. Now it is a minimum age of 13, as is all social media, but And personally, I think it should be higher, but it is where it is at the moment. But we know there are hundreds of thousands of underage users on this platform, and they are most likely initially drawn into this silly, funny filter function. And then they get hooked in from there on all its its other features. But this disappearing message function is really, really popular among its young users because it stops any snooping from parents They don't have to worry about anything being read if they're sharing some personal thoughts or 
what whatever it is they're sharing that they don't want the parents to see, Snapchat enables that very, very easily. It's also an app that is very well known for sending nudes. So by that, I mean pictures, naked pictures or pictures of body parts. And again, you can see why, because once you've sent that picture, as far as you think, it's disappeared. That person that you've sent it to has seen that picture and then it's gone. But as we know, it's never gone. It's never gone. Once something is posted online, it never disappears. It is out there for the world to see and for it to be manipulated and abused. So we can see why it draws young people in, but it has a lot of really negative features and quite dangerous features to it. But we're going to focus today on this AI bot. So that has been designed, as all chatbots are, that you ask it a question, it gives you an answer. Um, I'm sure we can all think of, you know, ones we've used from a customer service function. Usually if you're doing some online banking or you're doing something online and they have a, a chat bot that comes up in the corner to save you having to phone them, you can start your questions through the chat bot. But the difference here is obviously you've got something that has just landed onto children's phones. Now it was rolled out on its platform earlier this year. Well, I think it was back end of 2022, beginning of 23, but it was only initially released to its 399 monthly subscribers. And then in April, it rolled it out to the remaining 750 odd free users, whether they wanted it or not. You didn't have a choice. It literally pinged into your account one day and introduced itself of, hi, I'm your new my AI bot. And then you can personalize it, you can change its appearance, give it a name. So really humanize this, this chatbot, which again has a big appeal for younger users. Adults aren't really going to do that. Um, and now you have to pay for the privilege of preventing your child from accessing it. So it's only if you are a subscriber now that you're able to disable it. Otherwise, it is there and it's staying there. So that speaks volumes just about their motivation in terms of child safety and also their ultimate goal above everything is to keep people on their platform longer. And this is certainly going to do that with the younger audience. So once this My AI has appeared in your contacts and said hello and you've made it feel like a real friend or a real person with its own name and it looks different to everybody else's, what what are the real dangers? Why is it such a concern? So whilst it may be there to have some fun chats with or make suggestions, which is what Snapchat implies, you know, so it'll give you birthday ideas or suggest some fun recipes if you've got friends around or games to play or days out or all sorts of supposedly harmless suggestions, which is is fine and all well and good. But inevitably, we've already seen the 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 negative side and the darker side to it and what can go wrong. Because fundamentally, at the end of the day, this is a piece of software. It is not a human being. It doesn't know every single law out there. It doesn't understand different emotions. And it can't connect with that individual, whoever's on the end of that chatbot, talking to this robot. Now, one reporter from the Washington Post experimented it with, quite a few reporters have experimented with it and found that it very quickly gave suggestions of ways to lose your virginity, how to cover up the smell of alcohol or drugs, 
And one reporter even posed as if they were 13 and they were going to go and meet someone who they really liked and were excited about meeting, but this person was in their 30s. So what should they do? What would be a good idea for how to spend the day together? All that side of things. And the it comes back with some generic advice of, you know, be prepared if you are going to have sex to use protection and make sure that you are comfortable. But it doesn't go into the fact that you have got a 13-year-old, supposedly, here talking about meeting up with someone in their 30s because, again, it, it's a chatbot. So one of the big biggest risks is, A, it can give out highly inappropriate advice. So, and, and children, again, are inevitably going to throw all sorts at it. That's going to be part of the appeal, isn't it? Particularly if they're together with a group of them, let's ask them some questions about sex. Let's ask it questions about drugs or alcohol or how to bunk off school or how to cheat in exams. It's That's not going to be a surprise. But one of the biggest risks I feel personally is the emotional support that many children will begin to rely on this bot for. After all, this is someone that they have now made much more of a, a human feature who is, is always there. They're always available to talk. 24-7. They're never going to be busy. They're never going to be out with other friends. They're certainly never going to be asleep. So there's a real risk that children start to use this bot for support instead of friends or family. They've had a bad day. They've had an argument with their friends or they feel like they've been excluded from another group chat or something's happening and they've not been invited. They can pick up Snapchat and this bot will be there ready and waiting to comfort them, to talk to them. And that's all it is. It might not be giving them any harmful advice, but it is giving them that connection. And the worry is that children aren't going to differentiate between that connection between a chat bot on Snapchat versus actually speaking to their real friends or family or people instead to get that support. And we go down further down that route of, you know, using the devices more and shutting ourselves off from real, genuine social interactions. Now, Snapchat states that personal information shouldn't be shared within my AI. So such as, you know, your address or uh, dates of birth or names of family, etc., because there is a possibility that information isn't safe and secure. And, and given that's a warning from the creators themselves, there's clearly a risk you know, of personal information being shared online there, which nobody wants. So what can you do as a parent? Well, if you have Snapchat, as always, have a look at it yourself because it will be in there. You may not even have noticed it, but just go around and have a look at it and see and, and, and try again. Think of it from a child's perspective of however old your child is and how appealing it could be, how addictive it can be. It can be very easy for us to say, well, yeah, that's just nonsense. Or actually, that's really irritating. I wouldn't ever use that. But you're not 12, 14, 13, 15, going through all sorts of different emotions and feeling quite alone or dealing with something that you feel too embarrassed to talk to someone about. Then it has huge appeal. So try and put yourself back in, in that stage where you think, actually, yeah, that could become quite a, a support that you tend to lean on. Ask your child, if your child has Snapchat, ask them, have they used it? 
what do they think of it? How do they think it works? So rather than just, again, having something that we lay down the law and say, right, you can't use this because as we said at the start, you can't take it away. If you're going to allow them to have Snapchat, this function is going to be there. So saying, uh, you know, we're not letting you use that, but it is is inevitably just going to start with the, the sneaky behavior or create even more of that allure of, well, I want to know what's so bad about it. it creates that curiosity. So having, as always, these open chats. So have they used it? What sort of things did they ask and what sort of answers did they get back? How did, you know, how did they feel? Were they, were they good answers or did they feel that, that they were, you know, incorrect information or useless? And how do they think it works? This is a great time to just start talking about chatbots. You don't need to get all technical. You don't need to be able to understand everything to do with AI, but it's just having that initial baseline conversation of really differentiating between chatting with some chatbot online and talking to a friend or a, a person in real life. And by doing that, we can really help our children see and understand the difference between that real connection and interaction with a person compared to this chatbot online, where they are always going to get that instant reply. So remember, that's going to be a big pull for many children. It also ties into, as a reminder, and another very, very good reason uh, to not have any devices in the bedroom, because this is where I think it could really snowball quite quickly. We know children, if they have devices in their bedroom, inevitably are getting less sleep. They're getting worse quality sleep. And it's often a time where their head is working overtime anyway, processing just the day, doing what the brain does at night in terms of processing everything we've gone through, but then the emotional side as well. I'm sure we can all think of times where we wake up in the middle of the night. I certainly can most nights. And it feels like the world's going to end. You know, at three o'clock in the morning, everything seems so much more serious or hard to think of a solution. So again, that is not the time you want your child reaching for a device, looking for answers, looking for advice, looking for support, looking for friendship. They're not going to get the, the kind that they need at the end of any device at that time of night. So definitely keep those devices out there, but have these conversations as well and, and just help them understand that just because it's on there and what it's saying, it doesn't mean it's true, doesn't mean you can trust it, and it doesn't mean it's right. Now, we know tech trends, they come and go so quick, so hopefully this one will lose its appeal. I've already spoken to plenty of children and teens who just aren't using it. They're not bothered. They've got so much other stuff going on and so many other things that they're into online that actually this is a bit boring. This is a bit you know, it's a novelty for a couple of weeks, but then, yeah, whatever, it's it's no big deal. But there will be children who do become emotionally attached to it and, and begin to rely on it. So the other thing, just to mention, going backwards slightly there, is that when you use it, because I've played around with this myself, it never stops. It, it keeps trying to prompt you to keep the conversation going. So you might set say you had a conversation about, I don't know what to have for tea tonight. And it'll come back with, well, do you like pizza or do you prefer burgers? And you can start that two-way conversation going. And then you get to the end and it's like, right, thank you. I've decided I'm going to have a pizza. Thank you. It won't stop there. It will then come back and say, 
is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Or is there anything else I can help you with? So it's that, again, that pull to keep coming back, keep staying on the platform, which many, many children and young people struggle with to break away, whereas we might be able to cut it off a bit more quickly, you'd hope. So I know it can all feel relentless and tough, but just by listening here, you are already taking action. So well done and keep going. This isn't as serious as some of the threats we talk about. It's just something I want to put out there and keep you aware of because it is something that will have fallen under the radar of so many parents and children. There'll be children, as I say, who aren't even interested in this function. But it's another one to put on your radar, have a conversation about, keep an eye on. If your child is under 13, I would strongly advise that they do not have Snapchat anyway. And if they're 13, if you can hold off as long as possible, all the better. It is uh, not a positive platform. And I'll go into that in more detail in another session. But for now, I hope that helps. I hope that shines a light on something else that's going on out there. Next week's episode is going to be about screen time and screen addiction. Because with the holidays fast approaching, I know this is something that parents battle with over summer. How do we manage screen time when we've got all this time off school, parents are still trying to work, or you've got other children doing different activities? How do you keep that screen time from spiraling out of control? So hopefully that episode will help and give you some hints and tips. And most importantly, just know that you're not alone. So bye for now. Thanks for listening. I hope that helps and I'll speak to you soon. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be really grateful if you would share it with anyone else who you think might find this podcast helpful. You can follow me on Instagram at ScreensafeGlobal or sign up via my website screensafe.co.uk or via the link in Instagram to receive my weekly newsletter with more hints, tips and all-round support on everything to do with online safety.